Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Myself, Matt Messiano, Jordan Weimer and Tom Badell is back as well. Tom, uh, how was the wedding? Probably better than watching Watford, I imagine, although the day of the wedding was the Coventry game. So I was getting updates throughout that and you can imagine my surprise when I heard that we were 1-0 up and uh, Daniel Backman had saved the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Did that did that um, help your wedding uh, be even better? Well, at that po- at that point, yes. But then it was typically Watford to find out later in the day that we'd only managed to snatch a draw from the the jaws of victory. So some things never change. <laughs> well, uh, thankfully, we've got a better game to talk about this time. Uh, two changes from that Coventry City game: Ken Semmer and Ryan Andrews out for the fit again. James Morris and Jeremy Ngakia. But the real question mark was on the bench where there was no striker no backup striker that is I'm not sure exactly what that says Reese Healy has uh, in previous weeks been the backup but Vakun Bayo uh, wasn't fit enough to be on the bench either let's start off with the with the news of the two changes Semmer Andrews out for Morris and Ngakia uh, was you surprised by that at all Tom? Yeah I wasn't overly surprised by the changes I think early on Ismail has shown quite a bit of faith in James Morris and, and contrary to what some of the kind of louder shouters on fa- uh, I was about to say Facebook Twitter might have you believe I mean they're on they're on Facebook as well Tom but. they probably are they get everywhere these people um, I, I don't think he's been as bad as some might have you believe so that kind of made sense and I think Ken Semmer did he take a knock in Sweden duty or was he just tired from Sweden duty so I think he played two full 90 minutes didn't he yeah so that that fine that makes sense good to be able to actually rotate rather than putting someone in who's potentially tired and obviously the travel factors into that as well um 
And then on the other side, he's kind of flipped and flopped between Ngakia and Andrews all season long, hasn't he? Uh, well, all season long, six or seven games, whatever we're in. Um, but I guess uh, without where the risk is jumping ahead, the the kind of proof was in the pudding in the end, wasn't it? That those uh, those mm. substitutions later on made all the difference in terms of bringing Andrews on to get the get the clincher. So no, not overly surprised. Thought the the lack of Bayo was interesting. Maybe there's something we don't know there. Healy obviously had an injury, but. Um, actually there were kind of game changers on the bench still I felt in spite of that that we were able to bring on uh, Aspria Chakvatadze Kone on his day can be and, and Lewis and Andrews are both quite you know prepared to get forward as we know so I didn't feel like we were completely lacking the ability to change things from the bench and, and as it proved that was exactly what happened anyway Jordan what was your thoughts of the game and those changes in particular well in, in the check the changes themselves I think you know as, as we kind of covered it pretty much there they're were, they were mostly enforced in a lot of areas and I think the same goes to the bench you know I assume um, Bio and Healy missed out because they just weren't available so you know we had options there and as Tom said as well they came up to uh, to, to support us when we needed it so yeah I think the changes were were relatively um, well I think they were just kind of the best we could really do given the situation it felt like I also thought Andrews did have a bit of an off game against um, against Coventry as well so I think Ngaki coming back in there after after you know getting back into the fold somewhat was was probably justified and uh, everything else kind of felt like a bit of a quite a natural fit yeah I mean for my money it felt as though Morris for Semmer was the right call because of the amount of football Semmer played and also Morris is much more the natural left back uh, and he's you know been pretty okay so far this season there's no reason why he shouldn't go in there anyway uh, and with regards to Andrews, I think he's clearly the the better player. And I think, you know, the the manager knows that. But maybe he's wary of giving him too many minutes too soon. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I think that's probably an element of that. And, you know, Ngaki has done better than we expected um, across quite a few of the minutes that he's played this season. So, you know, I think the competition is maybe a little bit closer there than we expected when we kind of knew we were going ahead with the, the kind of tandem of, of Ngaki and uh, Andrews. But, yeah, I think Andrews against Coventry, he just started to fade out a little bit and wasn't really involved at the same level you'd hope he could be. So, yeah, maybe that break was justified for, from a from a physical perspective, maybe from a mental perspective too, because he came on that's pretty fresh and obviously uh, got involved. It uh, took a long time before Watford were able to make the breakthrough, but it felt as though Watford were on top the majority of the game. We've kind of felt this a little bit this season in some games. Did you feel as though Watford were able to get over that that hill? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It, it, I'd say we probably played worse this season and 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 not got a result. Uh, it wasn't our best performance, but you know, I think I think we're still seeing a team that's developing, and you know, we kind of pretty much had the same thing for large portions of the of the season so far but yeah we controlled we controlled for the majority in in, in important areas it was more of a fact and more of a more a fact that we just weren't able to retain the ball or gave it up a little bit cheaply at times we, we turned it over more than we have done uh, but in terms of you know possession we obviously dominated quite heavily I think 67 68 percent or so um possession during the game you know field field tilt was heavily in our advantage we were you know occupying their final third quite heavily um we we were decent we just had a few too many turnovers especially out of the back Porteous had a few occasions where it didn't quite work and the ball was given away cheaply and then we had a few kind of miscommunications in midfield as well but 
yeah, it's again another performance where you can see a team that's starting to to build some sort of identity and and playing to to a system and, and have some level of understanding. There are some little individual bits we'll probably get into. You know, I think, uh, but until the goals came about, Rahovic seemed quite isolated. We were struggling to get the ball to him. He wasn't really involved uh, for much of the game, and uh, and that's something we'll probably try and try and rectify in the, the coming weeks. Mm. Earlier in the game, uh, Birmingham had their chances though, and uh, you know it could have very easily been a black in this game but uh, Daniel Backman made some really important saves um, in particular that double save that really kept Watford in it at a, at a crucial time I've heard a lot of people say oh you almost have to disregard the shot stopping aspect because all goalkeepers are good shot stoppers at this level I think all goalkeepers are capable shot stoppers at any level right and, and there are obviously a Premier League goalkeeper is a better shot stopper than an Isthmian Prem goalkeeper obviously it's the other stuff that marks them out and I do agree with that to a point but I think you also can separate out enough to say that Daniel Backman is a very good shot stopper as well not um, impervious to criticism of course but that was a really good reaction save that not every goalkeeper in the championship would have made um, to get up it was to his right the initial save I think wasn't it from Scott Hogan and then kind of had to flip onto his left very quickly to make the follow-up. You know, I mean, you've obviously played in goal a lot more than I have, and I'm going to guess Jordan as well. You mean, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that, you know, that is the stuff they work extra hard on, um, that kind of reaction time and, and, and getting up and making a second follow-up save or whatever after an initial stop. And it, it showed because that was, a, that was a really important save. And it's obviously results ultimately colour everything as much as we try and say you know the process is the thing here if we if we stick to the process and the plan we'll get to where we want to go results do have a big part to say in it and if we're 1-0 down by by the point that we were 0-0 uh, in actuality then I, I dare say we wouldn't have gone on and won and the mood around everything would have been very different suddenly the mood after scoring a few at Coventry and then getting the win against Birmingham is 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 pretty pretty high I think on the whole but it doesn't take much it's we're a fresh points. So I think that was a really important save and on the whole I think he had a good game. I can't remember any calamitous things with his feet either. No, I don't remember him being particularly calamitous with his feet either. So, I mean, I'd love the Boo Boys to come out and uh, and say, okay, fair play. He, he does have a uh a good game in him because uh, it's it's right to applaud him when he's when he's when he's done well and like you say there Tom his shot saving has never been in doubt he's always been a good shot saver uh, and in fact you said more than good and I agree with that I think he is you know top championship level uh, a goalkeeper from that aspect uh, yes when you're playing the style we're playing some of elements of his game will get you know found out but um, they didn't in that game against Birmingham so we have to give him a bit of applause there because you know he's I'm sure he's working on that in training and um, you know if you work on something hard enough you do improve and maybe he'll be a significantly better player with his feet I mean maybe not to the level we'd want him to be but by the end of the season maybe maybe there'll be clear improvements that we can see that he's made in that area is he is he a goalkeeper with with Backman? Is it a case of is it almost like that striker that kind of scores the awkward chances, manages to get the first time ones away, but just kind of struggles with the the kind of more simpler opportunities and in inverted commas? You know, when you think about Backman, that, that double save was was crucial and huge. But then you look at the Blackburn goal, and I know that, I know it's a well taken goal, but you know the near post situation or the free kick with the bounce. It's kind of the more simple thing sometimes that he he maybe kind of 
mm. not undermines himself, but they kind of stick in people's mind a little bit more. Is that where that comes from? Maybe. Um, I'm just looking at. I'm just looking at kind of say like the actual save ratio in the in the league for for goalkeepers, and he he sits at fifth. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's just, he's he's definitely he can be underrated in some areas and overrated in others. I think so. It's a it's a tough one for him. But I mean, in his defence, he's been he's been given a very difficult role this year and one he's not done before. You know, in terms of build up and and playing out from the back, no team in the in the championship plays shorter from from goal kicks than us. So yeah, that's just uh, that's just part of what we have to kind of come to expect with this uh, this goalkeeping situation. Yeah, so. which is which is good because um, we're not that uh, well backed up in that area, are we? Really? So we we kind of need to rely on Backman being pretty pretty good for the remainder of the season. So. Well done, Daniel. Um, let's look at the other end of the pitch. Uh, you mentioned him already, Jordan. Rajovic, he didn't do a lot in the game, but he did score a fantastic header, um, which was, you know, it, two parts, really. Firstly, that jump. Uh, and secondly, the, to, to get the power on it from where he was. He wasn't, you know, close to the goal, it, it, really. Um, he managed to get a lot of power on it and the find the angle as well it was a very well taken header and um I, i've heard a lot of people on various um podcasts and chats and and x and all the different platforms out there uh saying that some, something along the lines of it doesn't matter if he's not playing particularly noticeably if he's taking the chances that he gets when he gets them what would your uh, opinion on that sort of statement be I think that's ultimately fair. You know, there's, you could look at the maybe there's more nuance to it that if you had a strike that was contributing more and build up, you might kind of be finding goals from elsewhere. But you know, I don't really put too much of the blame on on Rashevich. I think we could argue or we could say some similar things in regards to Bayo too. You know, that a lot of time he looked isolated, having to drop very deep to get involved. You know, we talked about Bayo's average position. Rashevich is very similar in this game. Uh, he kind of picking up the ball with his back to goal but you know deep in kind of almost coming towards our own half halfway line to, to do so it, it's not exactly what you want I think involving the striker a little bit more and build up is something we need to improve on probably arguably the most important thing we could improve on in build up uh, you can even see from some of the training videos we're trying to incorporate that a little bit more uh, and find a way to do so um, it, yeah, it's it, it's tough, but you know, as you say though, in the box, obviously you're getting the ball in there, and he's a threat. I think like Bio, he is a poacher. He is someone who wants to get kind of find find himself in the end of a cross, and he's got quite good instincts to do so. Maybe he has a different kind of element to his game in, in in regards to finding the way onto the end of the end of the cross, the end of the ball into the box. And I don't expect Bio to to make that header and, and be able to get in position to do so. So that you know, as you kind of gives a different different weapon for for this attack and I think maybe we're a little bit slow to get the ball into the box but Birmingham were very rigid defensively I thought they were quite difficult to break down for us a lot of um, a lot of kind of in inward use of the ball from the wingers you know we weren't really taking the man on too much until we made substitutions a lot of getting the ball wide kind of cutting back inside playing into midfield into the two eights or maybe into the kind of underlapping fullback and it was a little bit um, laboured at times I think that did a his involvement in in the build-up as well so yeah I mean you can argue that it's enough that he scores and I think that's fair if he keeps doing it then then sure I'm not going to complain too much especially when it's kind of a crucial essentially a match-winning goal like it was 
we're telling this story as though Watford um, kept beating on the door and eventually broke through. But that actually only happened once Birmingham had a man dismissed and Watford had a man advantage. Did that uh, sending off of, of Lee Buchanan really change the game? Or do you think Watford would have open the scoring anyway. I mean, we're talking about devil's advocate here. We don't know the, the answer, but we, we can, we can theorise as to what we think might have been the case. Tom? I mean, we essentially only had one memorable chance, notable shot, memorable is a bit traumatic, notable chance, I think, before Buchanan was sent off, didn't we? Um, and then the, the two chances that kind of went in thereafter, that, that first chance being the portiest one from the corner where he sort of smacked it low against the post. I think... We were perhaps better than Birmingham in the sense of at least we had more of the ball without creating vast amounts. But I think the the sending off, it may not have been the turning point in a tactical sense. It obviously gave us a man advantage, but I think the, it gave us the impetus to go, right, combination of that and then hearing how much injury time there was going to be shortly after. I think it was shortly after. Um you know, gave us the impetus to go on and, and find that extra kind of gear. But it was a pretty a pretty nip and tuck game overall. I heard, I can't remember where it was, I think it was on Do Not Scratch Your Eyes, someone said, um, if we'd have scored one in the sort of 20th minute and then one fairly late on, people would have reflected on it as a very sort of uh, professional win, you know, comfortable job done. It's only the kind of lateness of the goals that cast the comfort of the win into question I think that's a fair point that does condition how you see things so um, yeah I, I, what, what did you reckon say think Jordan did it make much of a difference in a, in a tactical sense in that sort of short period of time or was it purely a kind of the lift that it, we just needed to get over the line yeah, I mean, I think it's somewhat coincidental. I think it's easy to maybe overestimate the effect it has in in terms of going down to 10 men, especially at that time of the game. I think Birmingham were quite happy to to be conservative and be a little bit pragmatic offensively. They were very, very deep. They weren't doing much in terms of possession. They weren't really playing through the centre at all. Um, they, they, were, they were struggling to find their striker as well. And, you know, I think they kind of settled on their, on their kind of approach for this game quite early on. So I think the the, the the loss of a player is never good, obviously, for a, for a team, but they didn't really change their game plan too much. They just had to adjust slightly to, to still commit a similar number of bodies back. And we were pushing on for that win more than Birmingham regardless. I think we still were kind of finding our, our way to get in that opening. We, we had some decent build-up. We were just falling a little bit short. Um, in terms of creating a chance and I, I think that was probably getting better once we made those substitutions I think they made the, the kind of big impact of the game in terms of improving our chances more so than the, the sending off but that it's a factor that, that definitely played a part I just think uh, I just think we probably would have found a way to at least get some, some better quality chances on goal regardless of that sending off I think the subs gave us the chance to uh, to kind of have more impetus and, and be a little bit more threatening overall Yeah and the subs is a really important point actually Jordan that I wanted to bring up I think this was probably Valerian's best substitutions in a game what do you think the, the timings felt right and the players involved all seemed to come on and improve the situation yeah, I, I'm probably going to get some. I'm probably going to jinx us for saying this, but I think so far the the substitutes have been quite a, a positive. Uh, I did a video with 
WD18 during the week, and that was one of the questions that was brought up was, you know, what what are the thoughts on the on the kind of use of the subs relatively early, using a lot of them, and I think there's a couple couple of reasons. You know, we've got some some players that are motivated on the bench that can add some quality, some slight kind of differences in in terms of profile. The players that can come on and and play in similar positions, but offer you something a little bit different. Uh, it, there seems to be a level of unity within the squad or at least um, togetherness when it, when it comes to the, the subs that are, whether they're playing or not there seems to be like a positive attitude from the sideline just from what we've been able to see and I think they feel they're going to get a chance I think even if they're not starting there's there's an opportunity for them to get some nif- significant minutes uh, and, and they have an opportunity to come on and, and contribute and this was another one of those times where you make those subs and you know we've talked about the, the, the kind of off the ball work can be quite demanding physically even even on the ball the way we have to try and move to get possession it's not it's not kind of a, a, a low intensity style of play either side of the ball so you know if you have players that are there ready and waiting and, and feel they're going to get an opportunity then it does benefit you and I think this, as you said probably the best example of that I think every player that came on uh, contributed really well uh, some probably having their best some of their best games and you know they were they were involved heavily in the actual goal itself too so so really promising from uh, from from that perspective yeah let's talk through a few of those Tom the first subs that, that was made was Morris for Lewis at half time um, a sub that we've been eagerly awaiting because Lewis has been unfortunately injured for a period of time but um, we got a really good chance to have a look at him what kind of differences did you note and uh, what's your initial reaction to uh, to Lewis as a Watford player? I think the most the most telling thing is that he, he's very immediately a senior player. The way he kind of holds himself, conducts himself, physically he's that bit bigger than James Morris, who you know looks like he needs a, a couple of summers really putting in the work to get into the phys- the physical shape of a professional footballer but I thought Jamal Lewis was just really solid from the off um, won four of his five defensive duels five of his six defensive actions were successful he 100% success with his crosses uh, very composed on the ball overall only uh, failed to connect with two passes you know and I think that speaks to the fact that he contributed in both phases of play and, and, and played a big part it shouldn't be forgotten um, in the in- Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for Memorial Day get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor that's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In the, in the Ryan Andrews goal, you know, it's him that makes that, sticks a boot in, isn't it, on kind of halfway and kind of flicks it to, uh, was it Chak Fatadze possibly? I can't, forgive me, I can't remember. But then has the kind of tenacity and single-mindedness to take the ball up the line, you know, has it in the corner for a moment, realises he still hasn't got any support, so comes back on himself, lays it into Chak Fatadze, rolls it across, and, you know, eventually it's Ryan Andrews who sticks it in. But, you know, that goal doesn't happen without him. And I, I think we saw, you know, a clear upgrade on Morris. That's not to denigrate Morris. I think he will be a perfectly serviceable backup, but you would assume that... Jamal Lewis is going to get the majority of, uh, of of minutes going forward, and on on this basis, rightly so. And and to be honest with you, I'm just glad to see him play so that we can get away from this lazy trope about him being the new Courtney House. <laughs> he seems a lot more of an attacking threat, doesn't he, Jordan? Yeah, I think he's uh, he looked quite tidy when he came on. He carried the ball quite strongly forward in the last few minutes of the game. He had good energy. You know, you might expect that coming off the bench, of course. But he he just looked composed, and I thought it was a good showing. He didn't look too conservative. He didn't look kind of afraid to to get stuck in. He was just there and available to to kind of hit the ground running a little bit. And it was, it was a tough one to come into as well because you kind of expected him to, or you needed him to make a make a difference in that left hand side. Because we were looking a little bit. A little bit not well. We went too threatening um, on that side. And Martin's there's a few times when Martin's didn't seem willing to use Morris when he had had the ball on a couple of occasions, and it, it seemed that, that that connection started to work quite well between uh, between Lewis and, and Martin's there. But yeah, no, it was, it was good showing, and uh, glad to see him finally kind of get some minutes. It felt feels like forever ago that he signed, and yeah, it's good to see him finally. Yeah, that has been noted by a few people actually. Have you have you seen that at all, Tom? Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if that comes down to that kind of seniority. Is is Morris? I hadn't noticed it myself, but is Morris someone who, you know, is going to naturally go outside him and then demand that demand that ball you know to be honest with you the job that Martins has been doing this season I think I don't know what you guys think but in the the games I've watched fully I've, I've been quite impressed with him he, he's looked dangerous and, and you know that kind of cutting in from the left hand side onto his right foot regularly seems to be the one that's going to try and make something happen so um, yeah I don't know if it's a deliberate thing or just something kind of confirmation bias sort of thing but no it's not something I'd, I'd noticed I have to say uh, two players that I want to talk about now. Um, firstly, Tom Delibashiru, who I thought had probably one of his best games in a Watford shirt. And then also his replacement, uh, 
Ishmael Kone, who I thought also had a very good game. Let's start with uh, with TDB, uh, Jordan. And I think you also made the point that you, you liked what you saw from him on, on Saturday. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Uh, he just looked really robust, really really tidy in possession, uh, physical off the ball, gave us a little bit of bite in midfield. Just a really well-rounded performance, I'd say. Uh, we, we've seen... Kind of, I'd say improvement the, the, over the course of the season of the first few games. He's looked more and more comfortable. We've got to see a little bit more of him. Played a few different roles within that position. You know, sometimes more offensive, sometimes a little bit more defensive. I think yesterday was his most complete. Uh, or not yesterday, sorry. Today is already Monday, but uh, Saturday was his most complete performance. So, so promising for Tom. I'm, I'm glad to see him kind of getting in there and, and becoming a regular. And you know, he has pressure in, in that position with Kone and Kembe. But at the moment, it's hard to really justify kind of taking him out of there, especially off the back of what is, I'd say, his best game for us in the, in the Watford shirt. Mm. And did you like what you saw from Coney when he came on? I did. I, I kind of gave a bit of a review on Twitter about the subs and kind of saying that you know, it's positive how they, how they played. And I maybe, I got a bit of stick for my lack of, uh, <laughs> lack of kind of positivity in, in regards to Kone. And it, it wasn't even saying that he wasn't good. I thought he did come on and play well. I think, I think a lot of people feel like he played his best game for us as well, actually, when he came on. But um, I think he, he definitely added a different element, you know, playing a little bit deeper, carrying the ball. He looked quite, Oftentimes he's, he's you can see he's a rangy player. He kind of moves almost a little bit like Decore used to, and he can cover a lot of ground quite quickly. He's hard to get off the ball when he's in his stride, but he, he often has shied, kind of shied away from from being a little bit more incisive in possession or just taking a few risks. And I thought he just played with a bit more freedom, and it, it looked good. I think it suited him, and I'm, I'm glad to see that. So it, despite how it maybe sounds on Twitter, I was quite positive on his performance, and I think he's starting to look like a bit more a bit closer to what we saw in a, in a few kind of patches under Chris Wilder last season where that was kind of his more positive his, his most positive spell and this season's been a slow start for him so good to see him come in there and actually be a genuine um, improvement or at least kind of equal to um, to Dele Bashiri there Tom was there anyone else that you thought uh, deserved a mention from Saturday's fixture? Well I did want to touch on Kone but Jordan has done a decent job. I would just one quick thing I would say about Tom Dilly Bashir, a stat that popped out to me, which I didn't necessarily notice at the time, but no one uh, won the ball back in the opposing half more often than him seven times, and no one won more loose ball duels than him three, which are not necessarily qualities that you would associate with, with Tom, I don't think. I've always kind of been a bit not got an issue with him or anything like that but you know waiting to see what the kind of fuss is about after breaking through what feels like a lifetime ago now prior to the injury and the loan and what have you but you know those are not qualities I would necessarily have uh, associated with him so I thought I thought that was impressive from him Um, I think it's probably hard to look away from Yasser Espria again if I had to pick pick someone we haven't touched upon Um, you know he is a player who gives us something I don't think anyone else has got really um, maybe Chat for Tadze is the closest in terms of that one on one ability but I actually think Aspria is the most comfortable probably by a distance in terms of carrying the ball close to someone taking a man on um, in tight spaces and what have you and he, you know he showed it again and, and um, it was his kind of 
ability in those situations that led to the Buchanan second yellow, wasn't it? He kind of pops it through his legs or just round him or whatever. Um, yeah, to drag him back. <laughs> that's it, and he has to drag him back, and it's a stupid way to get a second yellow card, but obviously benefits us. And then it's it's his cross, obviously, for, for Ryovic, and it's... Um, you know, in those situations, you tend to go, oh, it's a great ball. It's not necessarily a great ball, to be honest. Um, as you said earlier, Matt Rivich has to do quite a lot with that. You know, get up, first of all, and, and really put a lot on it. It's it's quite a distance from goal, which you don't necessarily appreciate at the time, especially if you're, um, you know, not kind of high in the ground in, in one of the stands. But, you know... He had to do a lot, and and um, a friend of mine said, and, and he's absolutely right. Actually, it's a very Heider Helgeson esque header, wasn't it? I think the the kind of getting enough on it to do the work. It wasn't that there was so much on delivery. All he had to do was guide it in or anything, or flick it in. He had to do kind of ninety percent of the leg work there, and it, you know, it's a get anything on it and hope for the best. Hope it loops in, and and, and it did. So I've ended up talking more about um, Ryovic's header than than Aspria there, but I thought Aspria was good again. Well, that's all right. You can talk about Ryovic. Three goals in two games for him now, which is uh, pretty good going for the man already being dubbed as Watford's Harland, which is... uh... Stop. (laughs) Nonsense. Nonsense is the adjective you're looking for. I've heard heard it been said. Let's say about that. Have you said? Have you? Have you said that at home to yourself, Matt? No, Is that what you're no, saying? I've never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never said that. <laughs> I think people are getting carried away there, but I mean it's a good return from two we'll games. We'll take it. Though, we'll take it. it. One, one thing on Aspria too, it didn't it didn't come off once or twice, but I do love that little kind of slow kind of walk on the ball, drift inside, then just that little slip in pass onto the side of the box. You know where he just kind of waits it perfectly to the byline yeah. in that underlapping run, or the number eight can just kind of jump off that and and get a touch in the box and see what happens. That's a great great little move from Yasser. He, he always tries to do it and he comes on it. It works quite nicely. But yeah, he was really effective, and I think. Chuck Fatadze too. I, I think he was really positive again, um, just driving forward the ball. He's had a couple, maybe one game he came on and looked a little bit. Maybe it's Blackburn. He wasn't quite as as, as kind of effective, but I thought he was really good on Saturday again. Um, and another one that's potentially pushing for a start. You know, he's 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 been effective. He changes the game a little bit. He kind of got, got a couple of shots away and um, brought some positivity to a, to a team that was kind of struggling to to be kind of as effective in four positions. As we'd like and against a team that was quite comfortable to sit back so important players to come off the bench uh, but also guys that you could you could easily put in that starting and line up and feel feel quite good about so yeah I mean that's kind of all the subs there isn't it that's all five of them that we made and yeah no real complaints about about any of them yeah I agree I think the thing with Ryovic is is tempting to look at him and think he's um, you know someone that can back in and, and use his body and whatnot. but I kind of almost feel like he's a little bit like a baby giraffe at times you know the, the the size is there he just needs to learn a little bit what to do with his body and that's not to say he can't you know there's there's every reason that he, he will get that but you know I'm just watching his the kind of individual clipped up bits from his performance against Birmingham and you know there's a few where he manages to lay it off but it just looks a little bit awkward in the, in the way that kind of more experienced strikers in that um, situation make it look easy Keenan Davis was someone who for all his faults was quite good at that side of the game I think wasn't he um, and as for Healy I think he's a poacher really isn't he he's someone who kind of comes alive in the box as well albeit a different shape and, and kind of physical um, specimen to, to Ryovic so yeah I, I tend to agree with Jordan I think I, the likelihood of those two playing together to me seems 
pretty slim. Yeah, I think it'd be good to see other elements of his game too. You know, I think it'd be good to see if we can get him involved in build up a little bit more, uh, kind of see how that can work. Because you know, right now he is he's he's being effective in the box and he's finding ways to to get on the end of the ball, and that's obviously very important for us. But I think we can we can take it up another level and and, and improve the overall kind of performance and you know, potentially productivity of players around him once we start to get or find a way to to incorporate him or not just him but our, our number nine our striker in general a little more consistently yeah and I'm, I might be I might be wrong but when I, I went and watched his his footage prior to joining us I, I didn't really see I didn't really see the sort of player that that we kind of expected this now to sign in terms of a physical presence um, that does like to play this back to goal more he can do it it's not that he can't but and, and also you know, the team that he was at kind of relied on him quite heavily in the box and, and kind of went away a little bit from that style of play but I I just feel like he's the physical attributes that you kind of look at as a quality for for that sort of striker can also be you know effective and apply in just in a difference in a different way for a, a striker that's looking to to get in the box and score goals as we saw on Saturday you know it gives him a different uh, a different approach when it comes to attacking those balls and it, it works for him so well, it remains to be seen but I think the the striking options are are interesting because yeah. there's, there's some similarity in terms of their their kind of uh, their approach to that position but they will do it in a slightly different way with slightly difficult slightly, slightly different kind of physical profiles as well okay uh, Watford then sitting 12th in the table after six games two wins two draws two losses um, not great but not bad kind of okay surprising then the news uh, from Adam Leventhal that um, it's been reported that uh, Mr Pozzo and, and the Watford hierarchy are in exploratory talks with Valerian Ishmael over a contract extension. What do we think about about this news? I only saw this on Sunday about lunchtime. I missed it on Saturday and I nearly fell off my seat because it just it just seems laughable to be quite honest that's not to say uh, I, you know I've got any issue with Ismail I like the cut of his jib so far and I like the whole piece that we seem to be going through a proper cultural reset now you know the players that want to be uh, that here want to be here he's not going to take any nonsense etc he's got a clear philosophy and a plan you know I like everything he's doing but the bloke's got a three-year contract for all accounts. It's just chucking good money after bad because they're going to sack him at some point. It's just, that's a fact. Like, you, you, is, that's how he likely. leaves Watford. He gets sacked at some point. That just is how it's going to go. So what is the bloody point? It's just chucking more money away. I just I don't understand it. I'd, I'd love to believe that it means that uh, they've had a real kind of... Um, you know, uh, come to Jesus moment and and realise that they need to change their ways and and so on and so forth and 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 this is it and this is a sign of their commitment and and in, in you know in the way that Brighton do you remember when Brighton beat us three nil under Graham Potter I think it was three nil under Graham Potter in the Prem and he'd only been there about a month and then they gave him a five year extension because they really believed in him obviously that you know paid off <laughs> and at that point you're thinking what. Yeah, I'd love to believe that it's going to pay out, play out. Sorry, like that, but I just, you know, they've always said that the kind of 
the philosophy is that the coach either gets pinched by someone else because he does well or gets sacked because he doesn't meet their expectations. So I'm struggling to see why, but if it's if it's you know symbolic of something bigger and suggests something bigger is at play, then fantastic. So as I say, I think at the very least you can. You can take some comfort in the fact that they're, they're if this is true, they're at least um, identifying and placing some value in aspects of his job outside of solely league position, which is, I think, something we kind of wanted in a sense, right? You kind of want the um, you want the ownership to be to be judging those other aspects that he that he's bringing to the table, and I think with the kind of remit that we supposedly had, or you know, Ben Manger and. <clears throat> and Ismail supposedly had, you know, that's a positive sign. Uh, but, you know, I think also the way we operate, I can't see us doing it for no reason. I don't think we're just doing it to, to kind of throw money away for money's sake. I think there's a good chance. The, the, the details of his contract were never explicitly stated. I think three years was what was discussed and and what was said. But, you know, perhaps there's a potential buyout clause that's relatively low. Perhaps they're concerned that uh, that he might be doing a good enough job eventually that teams are going to be kind of coming through and and taking that up or, you know, potentially there's a break clause. I'm not sure. I, I would assume there's some detail in, in their contract that they're, uh, may, they maybe feel they misevaluate or maybe they don't feel as, as confident about as they, they did at one point. Perhaps they feel like he's doing a good enough job in terms of kind of, as you say, that cultural reset, but, you know, instilling... Um, a philosophy at a team not just his own but one that can carry on for future managers I don't think that it's beyond any of their thoughts that he's not going to be here forever but they they want a lot of these similar principles to carry through uh, and become that kind of ID uh, at the club so they might see him as an important step and they're they're maybe protecting their their investment in a, a way that does cost them some money but Maybe it's worth maybe it's worth that to them if they feel like they might lose him um, out of their control rather than you know being the ones that can be proactive and move on should they want to. But I don't blame them if it's a if it's a reason is to to stop him being taken away um, for kind of lower value than we'd like or just in general. And I just don't feel like we just do it for no reason. You know, I, I, there's something else there. Well, in any case, good news for Valerian Ishmael. Uh, a few more pennies in the bank. Uh, and more good news probably for him that he is now about to come up against his former club and uh, possibly a bit of chance for some revenge, Tom. Yeah, definitely. He didn't sort of have the, the best time of it there, did he? Um, after, If I recall correctly, after a kind of decent start, it all fell away fairly dramatically and he, um, he got sacked. So, yeah, I think he's going to be... Uh, that'll, that'll have a bit of added significance in that one. They've not been fantastic by any means, West Brom, have they? Sort of Similar record to us, really. That's it. Slap banging mid-table with us. So, um, lost against... Huddersfield the other week who aren't kind of great shakes prior to the international break drew Bristol City so yeah it's um, it's, a, it's a good opportunity for us to build on the the win at the weekend and first I think I'm right in saying first Tuesday night game of the season so you really want to double up in these opportunities don't you and I think it, when you get these opportunities and I think this is a good one for us so yeah fingers crossed and it'll all look uh, even more positive on the, on Tuesday evening yeah, first Tuesday night game on a Wednesday. There you go. <laughs> so, so well informed as ever. Ah, ah. Jordan, uh, West Brom, 
Um, what's your opinion? Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's maybe similar in some ways to the Birmingham game in terms of the kind of the back and forth you might see between two sides and you know, I think West Brom will be quite difficult out of possession I do expect us to dominate the ball and have to try and find a way through um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I think it'll be a good test for us as, as a team again that's looking to be that offensively dominant side that, that controls the ball and has to break a team down uh, I think it's going to be a tough one it, it might be a little bit frustrating at times but uh, I, I feel you know, somewhat positive. We can we can replicate some of the things that we saw against Birmingham, but hopefully refine some areas as well. Um, final word then, and we spoke quite a bit about Rajovic's goal, but we barely touched upon Andrews. And uh, even though it wasn't maybe the best goal, it certainly took a bit of a deflection. It's always lovely to see a, a young kid uh, get on the pitch and score his first goal for Watford, particularly uh, a young kid that's a, a Watford product as well. So I think that was a very nice moment and hopefully he can carry on and, 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 and score some more this season. Yeah, do you know what was nice about that one? That he got the shot away quickly and he kind of got his reward for it. I think we've seen him in those areas a lot of times this season um, already and probably even actually the end of last season when he came into the team and he either takes a touch too many or he just shifts it on or whatever. You know, obviously you have 50 of those shots, they're not all going to go in, but a few will go in or at least work the keeper or bounce off someone and go in off someone else or, or fall at the feet of someone else. So yeah, it was it was, it was was good good to see him get his kind of reward for that. I had a look at his shot map for the season. He's had about four or five from kind of, you know, in a cluster quite close to one another there. So um, yeah, he, he, uh, it was a nice moment. Obviously, Toby last season scoring and, and now Ryan Andrews, I think. Um, it's, you know, a little pat on the back for the academy and the work that they've been doing there as well because these things don't always happen by accident either. Yeah, it's good to see, isn't it? It's, yeah, it, I'm, I'm glad, as Tom said, I think the key was getting the shot away early. So it feels like everything Andrews does in the box is blocked um, in some regards. So it's good to see kind of that, that early shot, although it did take a deflection. But yeah, really pleased for him. And, you know, as, as I said, the Coventry game was a little bit of a drop off. So for him to kind of come back, be taken out of the team, but come back in and score, I think was, you know, really positive. And actually, was, I think one of the clips has been going around quite a lot is the reaction of the bench uh, to the goal, and I think that was quite um, quite indicative of of how this team seems to be kind of operating off the field as a, as a collective, as a group. You know, you see Jeremy and Gakir, his, his positional competition is you know off off his off his seat and running out to the field and jumping on him and just yeah just a general sense of unity that came about with it and you could see how pleased and how much it meant to to everyone on that sideline so good to see good moment for the kid and yeah pleased for him I think there'll be any changes for the West Brom game the Lewis one seems to be one that might be uh, a a change what do you think yeah close game isn't it so yeah I could see that Um, potential options at at both fullback positions to change and um, you know maybe look at one of the number eights there possibly on the wing too you know you've got the Esprit you've got the the Georgie on the left there as well there, there's opportunities and even Ken Semmer coming back in so I think those outside positions predominantly and then you know, potentially at, at eight as well it seems like I'm guessing based on the fact that they didn't have those strikers on the bench so we're not going to see any rotation there and obviously Rahovic has been in, in good scoring form so most likely probably those outside positions if any Great stuff then. We'll be back soon. Uh, It's great to have the team back together. Um, Three is always a better dynamic than two. Um, Congratulations once again to yourself, Tom. Uh, Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy married life. 
Um, Commiserations to the wife. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah. Um, You can follow us in all of the usual ways at TB Bedell, at Jordan Weimer and at Messi Messiano. Um, Shout out to WD18. Jordan did a great video with them in the week explaining about Valball. So take a watch of that if you get a chance. Um, And then rejoin us when we come back together to discuss uh, the next Watford fixture. We've been the Watford Buzz podcast. We've enjoyed going through this one. It's another win. The first one since the first game, which has felt like it's been coming for a long time. See you later. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 